Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. Ted Jones, I also call him the eighth wonder of the real estate world. Ted Jones, who knows, you know, it could be... Ted Jones? The Ted Jones World Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Ted Jones World Podcast. I am your host here, Ted Jones, and we have a very special musically talented guest today on the podcast new york city's own noah chenfeld noah how are you man i'm doing great happy to be here how are you noah i'm i'm terrific bro thank you for hopping on the ted jones world podcast we're all happy to hear from you i know you've been grinding doing this music for it probably as long as you've been able to walk man uh so you you put out some new music recently which i think got me you know fully on board with definitely bringing you on the podcast because you've got so much going on but just kind of kind of give us a background man what's up with you yeah so uh since quarantine started i pretty much just locked myself in my room writing songs so uh i've written about 25 songs or so since march which is definitely the most songs i've written in a year and how many of those, sorry, how many of those have you released? One, just Oreos. Yeah. Oh. I'm current. I'm, I'm taking it slow. Um, I'm kind of finishing them right now. And then I'm hoping 2021 will see a lot of new releases for me. Um, but I think, you know, obviously the quarantine has been like, and the pandemic has been tragic for so many people. And I mean, it sucked in many ways for me as well, but I have had, I felt that kind of, for a songwriter and musician, kind of being isolated can be a positive thing, I think, you know, um, because you're able to create with less distractions um, if you're inspired. But, you know, unfortunately, there's probably a lot of people right now who don't want to, who aren't feeling creative. And I totally get that, too. So I'm just I'm trying to just take advantage of it, you know. Right. Uh, I, I don't remember who specifically came out with this quote, but they were saying if you want to like this, I don't know, it was like, he was like an Isaac Newton and Einstein type dude who was like, if you want to do something great, you got to be alone. And you've proved that. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. I saw that quote floating around too. Yeah. Well, who said, who, who said that quote? Don't know. We but, got, all right. Well, if you guys are listening and watching, you got you to gotta look it up yourselves. That yeah. We're not doing a spell. We're not doing a, a check here. Uh, producer Katie's not here with her laptop. I've been doing the podcast with Katie, who oh. you know uh, very well. So Noah Chenfeld, is actually a family friend um, of I, my family for a very long time. I know his older brother very well. I used to beat him down in tennis. You know, he used to used to used to be the the he, pitcher. He might, he might debate Yeah, dude, he would totally. <laughs> he can still take me in ping pong, but yeah. So okay, Noah. So what? To just describe a little bit. Um, I guess how you came to naming the song Orioles because I've listened to it. And I don't really, I don't really understand what the, what the name is entailed with like the whole baseball situation. Okay. That's fair. You're not the first person to bring that up. And the truth is, is that the song really doesn't have anything to do with baseball. <laughs> I, we just decided to make a baseball video. All right. Yeah, let me take it from the top. Yeah. So basically Orioles is one of the first songs that I wrote in quarantine. And basically I would, I lost a lot of weight during quarantine and I was running, I've been running a lot. I sprained my ankle a week ago, so I haven't been able to run. Mm-hmm. But especially in the beginning of quarantine, I was running pretty much every day. And one day I came home 
and I had just ran and I was like sweating. And I was just catching my breath and I heard these birds chirping and I was like, whoa, that's like a cool melody. They were doing this melody like and I was like, oh. so I immediately grabbed my iPhone and I like went to my voice memos and I just hummed me humming what the birds were singing. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to turn this into a song. And so the first thing you hear in Orioles is actually me trying to imitate those birds. It goes, do, 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 do. And that was me trying to imitate the birds. So in my recording file, when I like save the file initially, I, I come up with like a working title really quickly without thinking about it. So I just title it birds. Um, so in my computer, it existed as birds for a while. And then um, simultaneously, I was watching the show The Wire quite a bit, which oh, yep, amazing show. Fantastic show. Did you finish it, by the way, just before I you did. finish the story? I me did. too. It took me maybe a month. It, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, it took me a little longer, but I'm a slow watcher. But it's like, yeah, I get why people like call that one of the best shows because it's so well done. It's just, yeah, I loved it. So wait, why were you, you were watching the show and then what happened? Watching so the show, it, yeah. you know, it's set in Baltimore, right? Uh-huh. Baltimore Orioles. And so because the working title was Birds, I was like, eh, I could do better with the titles. So I'll call it Orioles. Meanwhile, the lyrics of the song are, <laughs> yeah, it, the, the lyrics of the song aren't really about baseball or birds, um, but they're kind of about like some, a conversation that I had with my girlfriend and about, I would say to sum up the lyrics, they're about communication. Um, so that's kind of how Orioles came to be. And actually funny story, fast forward about a month or two and I was flipping through like my New York times morning briefing. And there was an article about how these birds, these North American sparrows, I think were migrating from like, I don't know, the, you know, upper North America into Canada, I guess that's the same thing, mm -hmm. um, basically, but they were saying how their tune, the, the, what they were humming was changing and evolving. Wait, and, is that because of where they were, like, in the earth? Like, if they were yeah. north or south? Go ahead. Yes, and, and the tune was changing, and they were like, here's a little clip, and they included an MP3 of this melody that the birds are no longer singing. And it was that <laughs> just melody. you playing the guitar. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been fucking sick if it was just me <laughs> playing the guitar. But it was the melody that I heard. And when I saw that like New York times briefing, I kind of had like a kind of like quasi spiritual, like, okay, like, you know, I'm glad I wrote this song because nice. it's like, it's kind of like adding up. In, in my life you know you know what's funny also i feel like well you obviously have like a great explanation for why you call like why you named the song that but i feel like sometimes song titles just have nothing to do with the actual song oh, itself totally you know maybe more so in like if there's a rap song and then the songs called like like uh fuck that dude usually the chorus would be like yeah fuck that dude fuck that yeah. dude you know something right. like that or whatever so it's good to hear that COVID hasn't really jammed you up at all. Uh, I know that you used to at least be a, be a huge uh, fan of hip hop and rap. You and I used to freestyle all the time. We still have recently and we, and we yeah. need to do it soon. But what kind of music are you listening to nowadays? Do you have like 
um, a favorite artist? Have you shifted more over to like the uh, kind of like rock um, yeah. melody? Go ahead. I mean, rock was always in the house growing up. Um, it was there was always a, a mix for sure. Um, it's funny, like I I still love the freestyle. I actually still I I still do. I don't know if you caught my freestyle on. Um, on Chris Black's pod. I don't know if you know who he is, but no, I haven't. I actually, I actually haven't. I need to hear it. Yeah. Oh shit. I'll send you a link after this, but my brother and I were in LA a few weeks ago and Dylan and, um, and we went on, uh, our friend's podcast and basically, Wait, was this, sorry, was this when you were on that? Was it was a video? Was it, it was on your yeah. Facebook page too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I saw it. I saw it. it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, that was like the, that was one of the first freestyles that I've kicked like publicly in a while. And thankfully it went well, but like, usually for me to like, really, I I usually need like some kind of motivation or somebody to like, tell me that I can't, you know, or like, I don't know. I, I don't usually just like freestyle just kind of like for whatever, um, much to the chagrin of some of my surrounding, um, supporters, they influencers, kind of right. But, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, some people want to see me rap more. So it, it might be something that I bring back into the picture, you know, 2021 kind of thing. Nice, bro. Um, yeah, you got it. It's always, it's always good to be diverse. It's true. It's true. It doesn't, it doesn't really hurt. And I, I mean, my, I used to think that like, if I wanted to be like a serious songwriter, then like the rapping would somehow like compromise that. Interesting. But I think as I've gotten older, I think you just realize that like whatever can get you whatever excites people is just positive you know like even bieber kind of had like a little bit of a rap hip-hop phase right like kind yeah. of yeah he didn't really he come never, out with too many like rap or hip-hop bars, though, right? right 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 i mean he kind of like he he dabbled in it a little bit he never fully stuck to it yeah. i feel so you were saying when you when you were grow- go ahead what i was just gonna say are you a bieber head yeah, Bieber. dude, I love Bieber. Love I just, I honestly, I can't hate on anyone who's super talented. I, I yeah. really, and I think that's like, that's a gift that I've been given, you know, not being yeah. able to hate on anyone who's super talented just because like, there's, there, there's definitely room for everyone to eat, man. There's food, there's enough food on everyone at the table. If you're hating yeah. on someone, you're just taking away from loving yourself, bro. And that's a good quote. That's too. a great philosophy. Okay. Also, okay. So you were talking about how rock was always in the house. Yeah. Um, I know when I used to come over, you know, summer when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, you, your pops, your bro, were always yeah. jamming out. Yeah. Um, and, you're, and your dad actually starting uh, his life in the music industry probably, I mean, gave you an idea just to pursue it a little bit. How has that been, uh, you know, just continuously pursuing your music and having your brother and your pops, you know, in the same industry? Or, I mean, sorry, both your brothers, rather. Yeah. Yeah, the whole fam is in there. Um, I mean, it's a plus for sure. I'm definitely, you know, I have um, constant wisdom and guidance around me that, you know, some people might not be lucky enough to have. Um, And I think that with those connections and with that um, support, it can be an extremely positive thing, but you also got to be careful with it, I think, because you got to make sure that like you're, you're hustling yourself, you know, and that's something that I always try and, 
you know, I can't like rely on connections or anything like that. Cause like, you know, connections can only do so much, you know, yeah, and especially in an industry like music or acting, you know, it really does feel that like, if Michael Jackson had a star son, he could have been famous because Michael Jackson's like, Oh, look, he's good. Or, you know, an actor has like a son and Oh yeah, he's in every movie because he's his son or stuff right. like that. Totally. Completely. So, I mean, yeah, if I was like, you know, Paul McCartney's son or something, <laughs> shout out. Yeah. That's I'd cool. say the Beatles right behind now, <laughs> by the way, you know, uh, that, that might be, uh, that might be a slightly different situation. You know what I mean? That's like, that's almost too much of a connection, you know? Yeah. Cause you're, you're never going to get as much credit as your pops. You're always going to be compared to your pops. Like yeah. my, like Michael Jordan jr. Went to university of central Florida. And yeah. He was sick. He was sick, he but he, Did he ever I mean, make it to that league? no, no, no. I think he had, he had like eight points a game at central Florida, which is good. But I mean, yeah. he's, he's no Michael Jordan. <laughs> Well, what about LeBron's son? He's going to be good, no? Bro, that's going to be a crazy situation if LeBron James Jr. and LeBron James both play on the Lakers together. Has that right? ever happened? Has that particular – where a father and son have played on the same team? It happened in baseball with Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken right. Griffey Sr. Right. But basketball on the same team? I don't think it's ever happened. No. Right. Well, I, I hope to see it. I mean, LeBron seems like he's going to play until he's like 60. That dude just like does not slow down. So you talk about, um, you know, having the support from your pops and yeah. um, your bro, Len, who's um, a music manager now. And what's, what's Dylan doing? Like, do you guys have aspirations to potentially pursue a band together or songs together? Or what's that like? Yeah. So Dylan and I are very collaborative. Um, Dylan started a band called Rebounder, um, which I am very much a part of. I help write the songs and I help sing the songs. And um uh, it's been great. Uh, we played some big shows, some big opening shows. We played in front of a few thousand people um, at Brooklyn Steel, opening for the neighborhood. And when was that? That was, I want to say, fall 2018. Um, we and then fall 2019, we we opened for this band Dayglow, who's kind of popping off right now. So the rebounder thing's been really fun, and we in addition to all the songs that I've been writing for myself, um, I've also been writing a ton with Dylan. So we have a lot of songs that nobody's heard yet um, that we're extremely excited to share. And so, I mean, yeah. Well, what about all the other songs that you're going to be releasing over the next however long? How long is your kind of timeline to release these? I don't know, dude, 24, 24 more songs? Well, I don't know if all the songs are going to end up getting released, but right. um yeah, I mean, I think what's going to happen is that people, you know, you're going to start to see Noah Chenfeld releases and Rebounder releases. Um, you know, we, as much as we collaborate, I think we're very different artists. And so um, there are some differences, even though you can kind of hear my stamp in some of the Rebounder stuff. Um, and you can even hear some of Dylan's mark and some of my stuff because he's produced some of my stuff. Um, but they are kind of separate entities at this point. Maybe one day we'll just merge it and just like, fuck it, be like Oasis and be like, all right, who are we kidding? Like, we, yeah. you know, let's just team we're up. Meant to be together. Yeah, we're meant to be together. Um, but that day hasn't officially come yet. So do you think your style or like your songs kind of resemble an artist in particular? Like, do you look up to any artists um, in general? Dylan and I? No, you personally. Me personally? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, my first musical loves, which my dad put me on to, are the Beatles and Bruce Springsteen. And that's like home base, you know. Um, and so that's kind of the music that I don't always want to hear because I've heard it so much. But it's like, it's just, it's like the North Star in a way. Right, right, right. Um, I'm always getting influenced. I'm always getting influenced by, by new stuff. Um, I think that I like music that kind of anything that moves me, you know, I mean, there's so much music out today, but, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time I'm just kind of sifting through it. I'm just like, eh, got it. Eh, got it. And then every once in a while I'll hear something and it'll just like make me stop and be like, wait a minute, that just took me somewhere. And it's like, that's the shit that I'm always interested in. I think last night, uh, we were sitting around the kitchen table and a song came on by this artist, Julia Jacqueline. I think she's an Australian singer songwriter. And just the song just made me like stop. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of what it's about. You know? So I'm always getting inspired. So do you have anyone specifically that's on your playlist, like on repeat? Um, yes. Uh, the last few months I've listened to quite a bit of Leonard Cohen Oh, nice. Uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, quite a bit of Joni Mitchell. I like, I like a lot of oldie stuff. Uh-huh. Um, uh, this band, The Walkman. Um, I like Claro's new album. Um, this is like all underground shit that I'm not sure anyone watching or listening has heard of. But if, yeah, I mean, just, go- just Google it or search it on Spotify. Yeah. I'm sure it's yeah. all amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, dude, I also I want to pick your brain quickly about the Grammys. Do you have any thoughts about these artists, quote unquote, getting snubbed? Yeah. Well, I mean, shout out to The Weeknd for just like that one Instagram post, just like the Grammys are corrupt. I like that. Um, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) dude, I've always been I think the Grammys are, are, are they've always not really represented the music business very well. Um, and I'm not, unfortunately, I'm just not that surprised, you know, because it's like, I mean, music is a little bit tougher, I guess, to give trophies for than say like Broadway, because Broadway, it's a little more clear kind of like, like when Hamilton was on, like Hamilton was obviously going to win like a fuck ton of awards, you know, everybody was talking about it. It was kind of like objectively incredible music because like um there's now so many different scenes in music and there's now so many different levels and it's less black and white i do understand how it can be tough to kind of hand out trophies in that industry but i mean the grammys have kind of continued they they don't really represent new music very well they kind of stick to their their oldies and um also when was like the last time there was just like a fire grammy like remember like eminem and elton john doing stand oh my god my tea's gonna go down wondering why yes of course that That was like the last time when was that oh one yeah yeah (laughs) and that was such a like crazy thing at a time too because everyone was like yo was eminem like homophobic but like no elton like did the chorus and like that song's great. And yeah. oh no, the Grammys need to have one of those moments where it's just like, yo, did you see that Grammy performance? I can't remember the last time 
No, I agree. This this definitely would have been the perfect year to do it. Also, yeah. 2020. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. There's always 2021. We'll see. But hopefully they'll um and and the biases as they um as they say or as some of the artists have uh, have said. So you've yeah. performed in a number of places across the country and such. Where's your favorite place in New York City to perform? Uh, I like the spot called Union Pool. Where's that? That's in Williamsburg. Um, they have tacos outside of the venue, and I appreciate that. There's a taco truck. <laughs> so, and also every show I've ever played there, there's just like good energy, good, good vibes. Um, so that might be that might be my favorite spot. Is there any, are there any like dates on the horizon, like in places that don't have mask mandates or, or what's your schedule looking like for the next few months? Uh, at the moment, we got nothing. Um, I think most people are kind of in that same boat. I know right. like some certain festivals are really trying to do it like a year from now ish. Um, but currently we have nothing and it's, that's been tough. Like I actually had a spring tour booked um for spring 2020 and uh and that obviously had to get canceled so it's tough but you know if you're a musician i think you just got to find other ways to uh you know spread the gospel yeah man well i mean you just keep, keep just keep doing what you do you know and then just worry about touring after you know you're writing songs playing music and such uh but what what instruments do you focus on the most i know you play guitar keyboards what um what's your favorite and what do you focus on the most yeah so i started playing piano that was my first instrument um probably seven years old or something um so this guy this guy is still very young by the way i don't know if you guys can tell no you're 24 right i'm 24 yeah so go ahead seven years old so that was what 17 years ago all right there you go (laughs) the mathematician there you go bro um yeah, so that's like my best instrument, like technically. Like mm. I could probably like impress somebody on that the most, but these days I find myself playing a little more guitar. Um so and I I end, I end up writing a lot of songs on guitar. I also play drums. I've I've toured as a drummer before. Um Dude, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I play some drums too. Um and I also play bass in uh in rebounder <laughs> but you know if you could play guitar then you could probably play bass they're mm-hmm. kind of the same same things but um yeah so i play i play four instruments or five if you count my voice and nice nice of course well we will count we will count your voice so five so no you went to music school correct yeah and what was what was the music school called and where was it Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And then how long was that for? So I only went for a year and a half. Um, I had a great experience there, but uh, I found it a little bit too much like a bubble. And I kind of missed the real world. I missed New York and just like the hustle and bustle of New York. Um, and um, But um, I made a lot of good friends there and had a lot of good times. Boston's definitely a fun college town. So, so when you went to uh, music school, what what did your like standard day look like? Did it mostly revolve around uh, music in all capacities? 
pretty much, I wasn't there long enough to like fully get into a major. So I kind of like my experience there was very just like trying this, trying that, trying this, you know? So, um, I was like practicing a lot of piano. That's the one thing I remember. I think I was practicing like three hours a day at piano, which was kind of something that I, you know, had never really done that, that disciplined. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so many good musicians at that school. And I think when I got there, I was just blown away by the talent. And I think it really motivated me to like practice a lot, you know. Was there anyone from your class or anyone who had graduated within like the previous years before you that um, people watching or, or um, listening would have heard of? Yes. John Mayer is the biggest one. Oh, there he is. All right. Yep. Johnny Boy. I think, I think he went there for like one semester though. Uh-huh. And that's like the thing with Berkeley is that nobody graduates. Because it's like, it's like, it's like Harvard kind of, exactly. <laughs> if you're a billionaire, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, it's like a, a basketball player who only does a year and then they go to the league. You know, I'd say, that, I'd say that's a better example than my Harvard example. <laughs> but, um, yeah, John Mayer went there. A lot of famous jazz musicians went there. Um, uh, there's a uh, Betty Who, St. Vincent. Um, there's probably more that I can't, that I'm not remembering. It's but, but it's Berkeley Berkeley College of Music in uh, Boston. Exactly. Yeah. So what was your what was your life like growing up in New York City, being a a musician did that have an effect on you at all you know I, I know when people come up with songs and they're established musicians at a point in their career you know they have a lot to look back on and look back on things that had moved them in a positive way or a negative way do you feel that like growing up in new york city you had anything to really pull from oh absolutely i mean i think that um Hmm. I mean, I started playing shows when I was like 14 years old. Um, my brother and I had a band called The Box Story. I don't know if you remember that name. No, I do remember that because Giulio Gallerati like did a comedy set before yes. one of your shows, right? Yes, he did. And didn't you do? No. Remember that venue Sidewalk Cafe on like 6th Street and Avenue A? Yes. I think... You and Julio, oh, you know what? Maybe you and Julio just pulled up to one of my shows there. I don't know if either of you did a set. No, Julio, I think, did a set. And it was with, like, a ton of parents around. And Julio yeah, at the time, yeah, Julio yeah. at the time, I think, was, like, probably 26 or 27. He was like, oh, man, I hope they think my jokes are funny. Right, no, right, right. Yeah, I remember that. Shout out to Julio. Yeah, Julio Gallerati. You know, Julio's been on the pod four times. Noah, myself, and Julio, all good pals. We've known each other for a long time. And we all need to kick it soon, dude, as soon as this virus is cured in 2024. Absolutely, Absolutely need to kick it. So also, Noah, where, you're in Long Island right now. Do you have any plans to come back to the city? And I guess if you want to, sorry, we didn't really finish the, for the first question, but if you had um, anything that you, you know, took from your life growing up in New York City. Yeah. Um... I mean, it's funny, like, I, I know some people who grew up in, like, the suburbs, um, and they, I think there's more boredom in the suburbs, and I think that when, at least when you're, like, in high school, 
And I think that boredom can lead to like being more creative. Like, I well, think that's, that's also, that's also like where you are right now. You're in Long Island and you've been, you know, in quarantine, right? True. Very true. Um, I think that like, that's why you find a lot of like really successful bands are not from cities necessarily because I think part of that reason is the boredom. And I think when you grow up in New York, you know, every day is like a movie. And so that could be really inspiring or it could just be really like time consuming, you know? So, um, but I think I was always trying to balance like being ambitious as like a teenager and also like trying to like, you know, be a kid and, um, um, I really don't think I started to, I, I think I really started to find my lyric voice actually after college. I think my musical voice was always strong, but I, since the last two or three years, I think I've started to, to write lyrics that I think kind of are a little more honest and a little bit better than the stuff I was writing. Do you think that is from potentially, I don't know, having a girlfriend for the first time and going to college? Definitely. Definitely new experiences are a big, big part of that more to draw from. Um, and I think also um, just like listening to hours and hours of music that, and kind of really kind of studying it and thinking about it and reading more books and, and, and just growing up, I think, you know, helps that. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we're looking, we're very much looking forward to the other 24 songs you haven't dropped yet. Orioles on YouTube by Noah Chenfeld. You guys got to check it out now. It's already got more than 10,000 views. Noah. So Noah Chenfeld is going to be performing the song right now, live on the podcast. Uh, Noah, you got, you got your guitar close by? You got my guitar. All right, let's hear it. So this is Orioles by Noah Chenfeld. I know you guys will enjoy it. I enjoyed it myself very much, but uh, Noah, whenever you're ready, brother. All right. One, two, three, four. Your heart like ancient leather Your soft black velvet sweat Sometimes I wish I'd never signed up for something better. You turn away in silence. I stayed up in the violence. We made up in the morning. I've been underperforming. Show you what's real. If I show you what's fake, would you still think of me? What you think today? Gonna make things right, right away. Eight quarters, two dollars. It's a give and take. Somebody's singing. I really love this air drumming. (laughs) (laughs) Things have been so much. 
much better since we discussed the weather. My God, communication could save this very nation. If I show you what's real, if I show you what's fake, would you still think of me? What you think today? Gonna make things right, right away. Ain't cost you dollars, it's a give and take. I can't hold that third somebody's singing. amazing orioles by noah chenfell look it up on youtube quite the video and your and your pops is a pretty big star in that music video too yeah he killed it dude i know he was loving getting some of that airtime and i know i noticed some other uh other fellas in that um in that music video too noah that was truly amazing and thank you so much for coming on the ted jones world podcast episode 67 rate comment subscribe shoot us an email ted jones world at gmail.com and noah uh shout out your facebook shout out your uh ig really quick just so uh we can find you my ig is noah underscore chenfeld my twitter is twitter dash noah chenfeld facebook dash noah chenfeld all right and the guy's got fan pages all over noah thank you so much my man i will talk to you soon sounds good peace buddy Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. Ted Jones, I also call him the eighth wonder of the real estate world. Ted Jones, who knows, you know, it could be. Ted Jones? The Ted Jones World Podcast.